Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. From the Athletic on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, it is Zach Kiefer. I said this a little bit earlier. I'm not going to challenge whatsoever the sincerity of Chris Ballard from the presser. He was being honest about himself, and that is absolutely true. But it's not just this year. It's through the most part his six-year run here, which I would challenge why he's going to be given a seventh. But it's also going to be about accountability moving forward. Is he going to be able to adjust to what has failed him so far in his philosophies? He said that he's stubborn, and we know that to be true. Do you believe that he can change and make those adjustments moving forward? Well, he needs to. And the the words, John, today that he used were, I can be stubborn and dogmatic at times. And in the past, you know, a KB, Kevin Bowen, a colleague of yours at your station, has asked him, you know, questions about the receiver core. Why don't you have more receivers and the offensive line? There, There was none of that today in terms of shots at the media. This was, you know, what I didn't hear today, I didn't hear any excuses today. And honestly, I heard a lot of that yesterday when we talked to Jeff Saturday about the situation he inherited and the processes that were in place. And, oh, well, you know, the the wins weren't going to really come because this was such a bad situation. Ballard today took everything on the chin, and as he should have. There's no other way to call it. He had to. And, um, no, that's that's the central question moving forward is can he change his approach because his approach has gotten this team nowhere no division titles, and just two playoff appearances in his six years. And really, at the end of his sixth year, they're at the worst point they've been in in several decades. Do you think he would be longer term, and in this case into the 2023 season still here, had there not been so much work to be done, the hiring of a coach, the drafting of a future quarterback, if he didn't have or somebody, if that wasn't on the plate of the Colts right now, would he still be here? Would he still have that level of trust from Jim Irsay? That's a really good point. I think it's completely fair, and and I can't answer that for sure. Look, Jim thinks really highly of him. He does. Um, He's told me that. And whatever everyone else thinks out there, really all that matters is what one guy thinks, the guy that's running this team. And his hands are dirty in this as well, and and I wrote about that a lot last week. But the reality is this. I don't think he wanted to do a head coaching search and a general manager search. I don't think he wanted to pay Frank Reich What's he paying him, $9 million a year to not coach this team? Right. And then pay Ballard whatever he'd have to pay Ballard, as well as the new GM and the new coach. And look, if you do that, then you're starting over completely from scratch at the three most important positions of a franchise, head coach, general manager, and quarterback. And the last time they did that was 2012. And they got the quarterback right. They didn't get the coach or the GM right. And it really, you know, the, the reasons they screwed that up, is sort of the reasons why they're in the spot they're in right now. Yeah, it is, It is. I want to say different but the same, which doesn't make a lot of sense, but I get where you're going with that. Zach Kiefer, the athletic, right. is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Uh, it didn't seem like that um, it was anything but a foregone conclusion they were going to move forward with Chris Ballard. I do not, however, and again, I've stated this, it's easy for me to say it's not my money, 
but I don't want to hear anything about finances whatsoever playing a role as to why you continue. Either you have that deeply rooted belief that he is going to change things for the better or you don't and you move on. And I have been outspoken, Zach, as saying, listen, you're going to move on with a coach. You're going to move on with a quarterback. Then everybody set everybody's clock on the same time right now, which clearly they're not going to do. But it can't be about finances here, can it? Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's just setting yourself up for messy decisions down the line. And they did this in 2017, and it was it was a lame duck season for Chuck Pagano, and everybody knew it from the minute it started. And the, and the messy situation that's going to come here is what if Ballard hits on the quarterback? Does he stay? Is, is it all fixed? If he misses, does, does he, does he, is he gone in a year? What if the coach doesn't work with him? Like it, You're just creating a headache that you don't necessarily need to create. But this is Jim Mercer's headache, and this is what this is what he's done. And I'm with you, man. Like he hasn't swung big on the head coach the last two times in terms of money. Money cannot be an issue with this next head coach. If you think Jim Harbaugh is the guy, and I asked Chris Ballard this point blank today, is he a candidate? He wouldn't answer me. They'd be crazy not to at least call Jim Harbaugh. And it's become pretty clear that Jim Harbaugh wants to be called. He wants to be interviewed. He interviewed with the Broncos on Monday. Um, if you can't get him on the phone, what are you doing? So if he's going to want a lot of money, then pony up and pay this guy. Indeed. Need, Indeed. Yeah, you need to think. This is really important here. You need to think about this quarterback that you're going to draft, probably fourth overall, maybe number one overall if you move up. This was a question today, and Chris Ballard said, I would absolutely move up if we think we want to get the guy at number one. You need to think about this head coach and this quarterback. That's the future of your franchise. And in my mind, you want to pair that quarterback with a quarterback-friendly coach who can develop him. Because just because you draft a quarterback doesn't mean you draft the right one. His development is going to be vital. You need to be thinking about that in these interviews as you plan the next phase of your franchise. Again, I'll tell you, it's easy for me to say. But I say you go big there because, to me, he's the perfect get. And you don't mess around with this quarterback situation either. I mean, if Ryan Poles wants to be blown away by an offer, then – Start blowing. I shouldn't say it that way. But, yeah, blow him away then and make that offer and make sure that all of your chips are going to be in at some point here. That You can go ahead and you fast forward. All chips are in to that because I think you want to have everything on the table for you to make the best chance of getting this quarterback long-term right. Yeah, this is a good point we talked about in the media room today. What did the Chiefs give up to move up to get Mahomes? What did the Bills give up to move up to get Josh Allen? I don't remember. I don't think the casual fan remembers because it doesn't freaking matter. If you land the right – and I'm not saying they're going to draft Mahomes or Allen. It doesn't matter what you give up to go get that guy. If he's the guy, it's all worth it. It doesn't matter if it's two first-rounders or whatever. Like, if you give up capital to move up and get the guy and solve that position for the next 10 or 12 years – then everything is worth it, and no one's going to complain about the cost. So they need to be thinking about that as well. Um, and, and look, the owner wants a quarterback. The owner is done with the veteran quarterback carousel, and I think a lot of fans out there are done as well. You think right now, in terms of Jim Irsay, and I know we haven't heard from him, is Jeff Saturday the lead horse in the stable for the next head coach? If you were to ask Jim Irsay right now, and he'd be honest. That's hard to say. I think Saturday's star has dimmed a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Even now, with Jim? Me talking. Even with Jim? This is even, I mean, 
Like, look, I know I know that Ursa has been a little impetuous this season, but he has to see the problems, right? I mean, he has to see how poorly this team played down the stretch. And and I'll tell you this. This is me talking. This is not Chris Ballard talking. But my takeaway from the press conference today was there is no way, there's no way in a couple of weeks Chris Ballard recommends to Jim Mersey that Jeff Saturday should be the next coach. That's just me jumping to a conclusion. But I got no in, nothing told me today that that's going to be Chris Ballard's decision. Now, Jim's going to make the final call. Ursay is going to make the final call. So anything is possible. We've learned that over the last couple of months. But nothing Chris Ballard said today and nothing he said over the last couple of months has hinted at me that he wants to he, he, that he thinks Jeff Saturday should be the, the long-term answer. Yeah. I um but he's not I, making the call. No, no, no. Yeah, and you're absolutely, Yeah, there's no way. There's no way. And I think you could tell that today. And, well, and Chris and, has screwed up plenty, but that's, yeah. he's not an idiot. I well, mean, I mean, and Chris is not going to go out and you know crap on Jeff Saturday, Ring of Honor, Golden Era type of guy like that either. Even no, if he believes no. he deserves to be crapped on by the way things went in the remainder of that season, those eight games in which he was uh, he was front and center as the coach. I, I just somebody had asked me this earlier, Zach. They said, you know, I don't think by virtue of what I heard from Bauer today that that Saturday has a chance. And my answer was, as long as Jim Irsay is running things and that's going to be for a long time he's going to have a chance would you agree with that yeah yeah i would i would and 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 the the strange part is you ask coaches and you ask players and you ask chris bauer today like what did jeff do in his eight games like what did he do to deserve this chance to run this team full time and not one time have i heard he did a good job coaching this team and this is not to just you know, harp on Jeff. Like, he's a great dude. He's a great Colt. He's a Ring of Honor guy. He's been great with us. But the reality is this team got worse in every conceivable way. And when players tell you, you know, he's a good leader, you know, he's a good motivator, he killed us accountable, that's great. That doesn't win in this league. That doesn't win in this league. Coaching matters in this league. Look at what the Giants did last this year. Going from a four-win team to a playoff team without a lot of pop on offense, right? Like, coaching matters and the Colts didn't have it over the last eight games, and it really hurt them, and that is front and center. And everybody out there that's listening that watched this team get worse by the week, that's all the evidence you need. But like you said, it, it doesn't matter because one guy's making the decision at the end of the day, and he likes Jeff Saturday, and he seems to be convinced that Jeff Saturday can be a long-term solution. Zach Kiefer of the Athletics on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. So – uh, how, what length of time? What's the timetable you think for for this as it stands? Yeah, Chris Ballard today said this could go into mid February. He's going to be he's going to be prudent. He's going to be patient. He's going to take his time. I'd expect two weeks of interviews at the very least. But if someone told me a couple of weeks ago, you know these these things can change really fast. So if they go into a second interview with a guy and they really like him, there could be an offer soon. So things could change quickly. But I think they're going to take their time. The one thing I'm a little confused at right now is, is they've requested a lot of OCs, a lot of DCs right now. Yeah, Where's Harbaugh? Where's Harbaugh's name in this? And if it's not in this, why is it not in this? But we asked that question So today some dude called me today. I'm sorry to interrupt here, but I, some dude called me today just actually last hour and said he was watching Dan Patrick. And Tom Palacero said, and who knows if this is true or not, I'm not getting on the guy for saying this, but maybe he misunderstood that Tom Palacero of the NFL Network suggested that the reason why the Colts have not reached out or Jim Harbaugh has not been 
connected to the Colts yet is because Jim likes Jeff Saturday and doesn't want to do it that way. That doesn't sound doesn't sound yeah. right, but it was just odd to me when he said that. I didn't happen to see the Dan Patrick show to know. So, yeah, and I'm not I'm not dismissing Tom's report. He's dead on with everything, and he he talks to the right people. But that sounds strange to me. Strange. Yeah, I mean, listen, this sounds as strange as the Colts not reaching out at all. Or, you know, Jim Harbaugh and Jim Harbaugh's folks not showing interest if the Colts did reach out. So that's that make a lot of sense why there's been no connection. There's got to be something else going on here, I guess, is what we're talking about, right? Yeah, and the other element is a lot of people have mentioned, like, is, how attractive is this job? We know what's happened over the last couple of months. Now, Ballard is running the search. Now, Ballard is making the interviews, and he, he's going to run this. But I don't think Jim Harbaugh's a guy that would be scared from this situation, messy as it might look, right? And they do have an attractive piece in the fact that they have the fourth overall pick and you can draft a quarterback and groom him. And let's say that's C.J. Stroud. Like, Harbaugh knows that guy. Like, Harbaugh, you know, game-planned against C.J. Stroud. And he knows the league as well. I mean, he took Colin Kaepernick to a Super Bowl. So he knows the position. I wouldn't think he'd be scared away from a team that doesn't have a quarterback in place right now. But again... I'm speculating, and, and, and I'm a little confused like the rest of us. Hey, I want you to rank this before we go. Rank um, the two coaches and the general manager, one through three. Um, which of the three are the absolute best at talking themselves back into a job or maintaining their game? <laughs> Pagano, Grigson, or Ballard? How would you rank them? Yeah, Ballard, Ballard's the best in front of a microphone. And, and I don't mean that in a dismissive way. Um, he gets up there and, and tells it like it is for the most part. Now, they all are politicians to some degree. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to touch the other two, man. I don't want to go back to 2016. And <laughs> well, that was more I, in I private. That was done man. privately, though. That was more privately, I think, where you know everybody shared tears and what was going to be did not come to pass on that particular day. But, yeah, I would agree. Right. As far as politicianing is concerned, the guy that did that presser earlier today is at the very top of the list. Yeah, man, if, if, if we're dealing with private therapy sessions between the head coach and GM like we were six years ago, man, I need to find another job because I can't, I can't do that again. Yeah, that's tough. It is. All right, I know you got everything on the athletic written about today and then longer term. I appreciate you jumping on here, man. All right, thanks, John. Meantime, Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline, post-game show host, and he does everything else. He is Greg Rakestraw. Did that sound like a general manager that was ready to change a philosophy at all right there, or was that some words? Well, time will tell. Um, the proof will be in the pudding. And, you know, for, for this group, because of where they have drafted or not having had first-round picks to have to get a quarterback, and again, I don't, yeah. I don't blame Chris Ballard for that. Um, you know, we have frankly played more attention to what has happened in March than we have in April, as in, hey, free agency more so than the draft. Well, now once you're picking fourth and you're picking early in every round but the third, um, now it's, it's more about April. So do I hope this group makes some moves in terms of free agency? Yes. But this is really the first time under Chris Ballard's watch since, say, 2018 that I'm going to pay far more attention to his draft class than I will any moves in free agency or lack thereof. I say this. Ryan Poles in Chicago said we need to be blown away 
to me, it's time. And I know that you know, you, you're, you, you're, I mean, you're only as good as what your offer is going to be compared to others here, probably of similar thought process. Don't you have to go to the absolute end and try to, quote, blow away the general manager of the Bears on this? Now, I, I'm going to make a leap of faith okay. into the JMV pop culture reference. Yes. So you, you check me to make sure that I am referencing the proper title to what I think is an early 90s classic. Okay. If Ryan Pohl says he needs to be blown away, then you need to Nicole Eggert and Corey oh, yeah. Haim the blank out of this, don't you? Did yes, I make you do. Yes, you there? did. Don't give me the Tommy Lee Jones and Jeff Bridges one, man. Give me the two Corys well, and Nicole Eggert. Works every time. Corey and, uh, yes. Exactly. Yeah, we all know the reason why it's a family show, and we'll simply leave it at that. Exactly. Um, but but uh, again, if 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 you think C.J. Stroud's your guy, or Will Levis is your guy. And I don't know enough of the difference between now and April the 27th to give you an accurate assessment on that. If you say that that's one of your guys other than Bryce Young, you can probably sit pat at the four, but you've got to address the quarterback position. If you're of the camp of Bryce Young is your guy, the window is open to get to one, and whether it's picks or current player assets – you you can move what you need to to go get that guy. So see, the, 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 see, my thought process is this: I, I think if you like one of those top two, you got to get up there because they're both going to be gone. They're both right. going to be because there's going to be another team that to me right. Chicago's not going to stand with that thing. They're going to get all they can get, and then that team that gets up there is going to be a quarterback team, and they're going to go with that particular quarterback. Correct. And so I'm not even sure if getting to three. Yes, you know, get you what you need to, and let's state the obvious here: Houston is not making a deal within the division. No, you know, so so you, so you're not going to get the second pick. So to get the quarterback that you want, again, assuming that, and I'm not, a, I'm not trying to speak for Chris Ballard here, but I think most have thought, hey, maybe you know, Young over Stroud, but both are are pretty good, and then and then Levis would be the next guy after that. If you think you want to get. Bryce or CJ, you better be in the top two spots and you ain't getting the second pick. Completely agree with that. And that's that's in terms of, you know, blowing them away. I think that's what you have to do. And I've also said this now, uh, considering you're going to have Ballard and you're not just going to have Ballard for this coming year. You're going to have him basically until the end of this contract now because he's going to he's going to ride this thing along with the quarterback. And I'm assuming the head coach that he ends up selecting here. That's why, to me. Let's just go ahead and go big there. I mean, to me, you offer up a ton of money to Jim Harbaugh, and he's going to leave Ann Arbor for somebody's money. I think he's gonna, and I think he's right. a perfect fit here. Am I wrong? What I, what I, I don't think I don't think you are. What I would say is, is this: any sort of issues in terms of spending money for this franchise has been because of the um, preference of the general manager not because of the shortness of pockets of the owner. And so if, again, you think this is a change in philosophy, if actions match words from earlier today, then perhaps you're spending money on a head coach as well if you're the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, that's that's just my thought. If you're going to move forward with the way that it is, I, I think that's going to be it. And I, I guess we'd also challenge this. It ultimately – all can be done by Jim Irsay because whatever Jim Irsay says will happen. But if 
Chris Ballard is indeed going to pull that trigger on the decision for the head coach. It did not seem to me like the interim head coach, Jeff Saturday, is going to be given much of an opportunity. Again, unless the owner decides to step in and say, okay, that's who I want. You agree? I, I guarantee you that, that Jeff will, will get the opportunity. Doesn't mean he's going to get, be, be the, final, the, the, the final one chosen. Um, but I guarantee you he, he will get his opportunity. And perhaps it might be the best of the rest versus Jeff Saturday. Time will tell. What do you think about the press conference in general, Greg, today from Chris Ballard? I mean, there's never been an issue with to me with Chris winning or losing press conferences. Um, I tend to put more stock in this press conference because it's this – and not just today's, but the end-of-the-season press conference – because that does give you an insight as to, okay, here is the path of the organization going forward. So much in the way of press conferences that are during the season are oftentimes dog and pony shows. You know, you've got what you see on the field that is far more important than what is said into a microphone at a podium. Now you get to this point. And your next game of any kind is seven months away. Your next game that counts of any kind is eight months away. Well, now all of a sudden, what the general manager has to say, to me, takes on a whole great deal of importance. So, to me, you can put more stock in what was said today. The most important thing about the press conference was who was having the press conference. So we can stop any discussion or debate. It's going to be Chris Ballard's job going forward. And now that that question is set, all are answered, I should say, now all attention can be on, okay, who is the next head coach? Is it Jeff Saturday or is it one of the myriad of candidates that uh, everybody will be talking about for the next couple of weeks? I asked you a little bit earlier if you believed he was going to have a change in philosophy, as we had talked about. And you had mentioned only time will tell. Does this team... Given the four-win conclusion of this year, given the way that it looks, does it need a change in philosophy? Or is there any party that would argue that, well, if this or that goes better, then things would have been better? What's your argument there? You are as your record says you are, and you've got to this point with a certain philosophy. And again, there are some circumstances that you've had to try to manage the quarterback position that I, I understand the logic behind every move, even if acknowledging the last two of them did not work. I understood that why the decision was made in March of 2021 and March of 2022, the way that it played out just didn't go as hoped or as expected. Um, so I would say that you know when, when you have such a resounding thud of a season, it tells you, adapt or die you know and that's a that's a somewhat common phrase i can literally hear like you know brad pitt saying that in moneyball i think that's almost the conclusion now that that is put in front of chris ballard the other thing that i will say is this again was the offensive line play good enough hell no it wasn't good enough but yet i still look at that group and i go it's not been that long ago that Braden Smith, Ryan Kelly, Quentin Nelson were all part of a really good offensive line. These are not guys, other than Ryan Kelly, who are in their 30s. There is still good football left. Uh, And I know, and I believe it was football outsiders or pro football focus, I forget which one had it, that frankly, like Ryman and Smith's numbers weren't that bad. You can question the schematics of how this team was coached up and, and play design and things like that. I do think the offensive line could potentially be fixed if you get the right person coaching them up. 
because I'm not sure that's been the case. And and uh, the Chris Strasser, that was not approached today very much either. But again, there was a lot to, to go on at the time in which the Q&A was happening with Chris Ballard. Greg Raystraw is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I guess my question is, with his level of stubbornness, I just can't imagine. And to answer your question, which wasn't so much a question, but a thought that you had, I, these guys on this offensive line, they have to make a turnaround. Because yeah. you've got other things that are more absolute that you have to fix. You can't have something that you felt and then you extended and paid. You can't have that go haywire. There has to be a sense of truth to the reason why you gave them that money and believed in them. And that has to happen next year. Absolutely right. And and that's why I think everybody is on a one-year leash other than potentially the new coach. Everybody. Uh, again, because of you know, it's it's good news, bad news. Good news is you got some pieces in place. Part of the bad news is, is financially wise, the, is the reason you have some of those pieces in place. Those guys simply put have to deliver in 2023, and it goes back to a a, a Tony Dungy sign in the locker room that you've seen before. No excuses, no explanations. That has to be the answer. You have to get better play from the guys you are paying the most to on both sides of the football. A lot of those guys simply happen to reside along the offensive line. Do you think Chris Ballard's on a one-year thing? I, I again, I, I I don't think he'll be tied to the new quarterback. I don't think he'll be really? tied to, to the new head coach. I think he's going to be here. I'm gonna, I, I, I think he's going to be not, here till I retire. And I'm and I'm not <laughs> yeah. saying that you know this has to be a a a ten to twelve win team for for him to keep his job. If if if. Significant progress isn't shown from what you have seen this year to last year. Again, remember the last time that there was a choice between general manager and coach. Okay, the guy that the guy that wasn't given the axe lasted one more year. So just remember, there, there's precedent for that, even if it's going in the other direction. It's Greg Rakestraw on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Before I let you go, can this offense, especially through the air? Can it be a quicker fix just by drafting a top-ranked quarterback over the you know the crusty noodleage arms that we have seen certainly this past year here? Is that what is necessary? Decision making and throwing maybe helps right away, maybe more right away than what we're thinking right now. Improvement along the offensive line helps everybody. The return of Jonathan Taylor helps everybody. A more mobile quarterback helps everybody. Get that get that quarterback one more weapon as well, if not more. Um, again, your first round pick has to be QB, but whether it's second round, whether it's free agency, you got to get more weapons, at, at, you know, for this quarterback to throw to as well. And so, all of the things that we saw this year need to improve. But the idea is, if you draft a quarterback early in the first round, the thought is you're likely going to improve that position. Um, if you if you get that quarterback more weapons to work with, you're also going to improve that position as well. It's uh, Greg Rakestraw with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. How long did you hang with that national title game last night? Uh, I may have watched about three minutes of it. Um, la- tonight, last night was my only night of the week without any extra play-by-play. So I had dinner with a good friend of mine last night celebrating his birthday. Nice. By the time I got home at 9 o'clock, I was listening to the fan, listening to the game on the way home. It was 17-7. to 7. 
Next time I flip back over, it was 31 to 7. Next time I flip back over, it was 58 to 7. I'm like, oh, dear God. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty much friends reruns uh, in the Rake Straw household. Yeah, the reason why I bring that up is I, I've made some, some quick judgments on Will Levis. Because a couple of games I've seen him play, I think one was against Georgia. He looked terrible. Uh, whereas with C.J. Stroud, last time I saw him play, I thought he looked fantastic against that same Georgia team that 62-7, to the national title game against TCU last night. Thus, I like C.J. Stroud a great deal. I was curious <laughs> if you have, you have much of a recollection of watching Will Levis during better times than the couple of times we may have seen him this year? No, no, and that's why I need to be, be be doing more study. I can I can give you those names. I can't give you a lot of throws off the top of my head because of the various different things that I do. Usually on Saturday, I'm not if I'm not calling a college football game, I'm not watching a great amount of college football. So it's uh, it's it's to the tape room for me between now and April the 27th. Blown away, got to blow them away, got to blow maybe, them maybe just like the two Corys and Nicole Eggert. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch that first. Maybe that's like the mood setter to then watch, you know, college football tape for the next three months. There is nothing more disappointing when I am running through my movie choices on my direct TV package and I get blown away. And then I click on it and it's Tommy Lee Jones and Jeff Bridges. I go, ah, man, come on. I would I would assume you've got that on a grainy VHS tape <laughs> that has like some wear marks and where you've rewound it over the years. You don't have that? <laughs> I don't think so. I've got some grainy VHS tapes, but I don't. I think they're much worse than that somewhere. I, so yeah. I also assume that you had like some sort of Skinamax for Life card, given the references you've given them over the years. I have had. Uh, well, I had the satellite dish, right? So we I had American Triple Ecstasy when I was in uh, like a junior and senior in high school. I would just roll from like six p.m. at night until six a.m. in the morning. And then we take that and rent it. We could rent it out of the lockers at school back in the day. <laughs> S one eighteen. That's American Triple Ecstasy. It was a beautiful thing. They, these are things only country folks know about because mm-hmm. this is how we got those. It was having those NASA sized satellites in the front of your house. That's how you got more than three channels back in the day. Got to go to the the porn locker is right over there. Get your rentals today. All right. My friend, I appreciate your knowledge and your input and your insight. And thank you very much for the shirt. I rocked it yesterday. It's outstanding. Good. I'm just, I'm just glad I, I got to the proper size. Look like it, it fits oh, yeah. nicely. I'm, I'm shrinking right now, man. I'm shrinking really? into I'm shrinking into great shape. Not really. I don't know. Avoid avoid shrinkage. <laughs> yeah, well <laughs> that that not so much, but yeah. All good. Thanks, brother. See you, pal.